Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. special episode of Performance Anxiety. I'm your host, Mark. Today we tackle a very sensitive subject, the defense of hair metal. No other podcast will touch this volatile topic, but we here at Performance Anxiety, a proud member of Pantheon Podcast Network, are willing to traverse the minefield that is hair metal. We tangle with topics like the best hair metal for the gym, what hair metal band will clear out a wedding, and is there a new batch of hair metal bands on the horizon? But we start the entire show off by teasing out a top three list of hair metal bands from our panel of experts. Jason Thompson of Vast Robot Armies, Ryan Smith of Ryan and Pony and Soul Asylum, and Mike Shu of 100FM The Pike in Worcester, Mass, and Long May You Young Podcast on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Follow all of us on social media if you're obviously intelligent enough to find the accounts. And think about supporting us at coffee.com, ko-fi.com slash performance anxiety. There's no gentle way to start this conversation. So let's rip off the Band-Aid in defense of hair metal. I took uh, everybody's everybody's drink recommendations to heart and kind of ignored them. So I, instead of cheap beer, I got the only beer I had left in the house, which is a Dogfish Head Sunday Feels Beer Mosa Sour. And... I don't like cheap vodka, but I did manage to smuggle in my pants some <laughs> Reka. Impressive. Well, my your pant- <laughs> well, my girlfriend is now my wife, and she refuses to smuggle things for me. So, so let's, let's, let's walk backwards on that one for a second. Let's. let's <laughs> what, 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 are you smuggling booze into your own house? This is like the role <laughs> reversal of a teenager. It's brilliant. Like, what's going on there? I'm smuggling it away from my kids. Oh, you're stealing your kids' booze. Yes. Nice. All right. Oh. I got years before I get to do that. I know. So you guys are still little. Oh, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> I got like you know, 16 years before I get to do that. 16. 13, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to drink this a little later. But... Cool. Anyway, so how you guys doing? Great. Doing all right. Yeah, good. I did my hair specifically <clears throat> uh, episode, so I'm ready to go. I didn't know this video I all this time on. <laughs> all right, so let me, let me do a little bit of introductions here. So Mike is uh, on the same podcast network that my show is on. He's also uh, a DJ in Massachusetts, right? Cool. I got that right? Yeah, I'm, uh, 100 FM The Pike in uh, Worcester, Massachusetts. Cool. There I was um, 
I was at WA, the late great WAF for 20 years and took my whole life in radio. The only reason I got into radio was because I can get free tickets and free records if I got into radio. So that's pretty much the only reason I got in. And it was true for a while. That was yeah, now, not so much. But Mike, there's a great podcast called Long May You Young that goes through Neil Young's entire catalog in chronological order with uh, two of his co-hosts. Uh, Luke and Russ Condon, and it's hilarious. That's cool. That's really cool. I, I'm starting to regret it now that we've gone through the 80s. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, but we're starting to get back into some really good Neil. So, um, hopefully, it'll, it'll go the next 30 albums or so. Yes. Yeah, he's been, he's, he's been pretty prolific lately. I'm recording already, so we're just, we'll just get right into it. With hair metal, you got some weird stuff going on. It's completely, it's a completely contradictory genre. You know, you've got guys trying to, to, to get laid while they're poofing up their hair and wearing makeup. You know, you've, mm-hmm. got, you've got albums full of songs telling women to shake for them and, and jump in bed. And then they have the song where they're heartbroken that she left them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what a shock. It, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's completely contradictory, sometimes hypocritical. Well, they're, they're heartbroken because they don't have a place to crash anymore. And now yeah. Got to find someone to pay their bills. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't realize how much they actually owed the label for that three album deal either. Also, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I forgot to introduce everybody else. So this is Jason Thompson. He's in Vast Robot Armies. And Hello. Ryan Smith is in Ryan and Pony and Soul Asylum. Cool. So the point I was trying to make with jumping in like that was, all right, so you mentioned David Lee Roth, Van Halen. Was can you consider Van Halen hair metal? They looked it, but their songs and the, you know some of their lyrics, a lot of their lyrics, kind of fall into that genre. But it doesn't sound like hair metal to me. It, it's okay. So I just read Ted Templeman's book, which I highly recommend people read it because if you want to know a ton about the Doobie Brothers and early Van Halen, it's a great little like read. But it's a great point because if you think about like. What happened in the 80s, a lot of bands from the 70s kind of just curtailed their whole thing towards the 80s. Like, look at what happened to Kiss. Like, Kiss were like a 70s band, big theatrical band. But then all of a sudden they're like, okay, Ace Fraley's out. We got to get Vinnie Vincent who shreds. We got to get Mark St. John who shreds. We got to get Bruce Kulikul just do whatever the fuck we tell him to do kind of thing. And it's like they had this one, but they're all like 43 at the point when the 80s hit, right? So it's just like they're all kind of trying to capture what's happening with crew and quiet Ryan, Cinderella and warrant and all that thing. Right. And Ozzy with his like treadmill of guitars coming through, but they really weren't a hard rock heavy metal band. And Halen is the same sort of thing. And then further to Halen, like why I was mentioning the Ted Templeman book is he really kind of gets into how David would uh, Roth would write lyrics. And it made me kind of reinvestigate his lyrics and from a metaphorical, like it's not brilliant stuff, but considering the context of what else is around it in that era, it's like, actually it's kind of poetic in certain parts. Like, you know, there's moronic stuff, but at the same time within that same song, there's some like nice little metaphors going on, or at least like nice plant words, I would say. Well, David Lee Roth just speaks in metaphors. Have you ever heard an interview with him? Oh yeah. <laughs> He's a walking <laughs> metaphor. Yeah. So yeah. So I kind of just ran wild there. No, that's cool. <laughs> but okay. So I was, I was also thinking bands like Def Leppard, 
You know, they, their first three albums are not hair metal. But as soon as no. you get into Hysteria era and beyond, Adrenalize is a piece of, total piece of shit. I absolutely hate that album. But yeah. Hysteria, they really soften up, you know, and that's White Snake, you know, hard rock. And, and then all of a sudden they got castrated. Is this love? And uh, what the hell is that? Other? Here we go again. It's just, I don't know. It's just, there's a, there's a lack of heaviness to it. I mean, I like a lot of the shredding, a lot of the, the guitar work and all, but it, there's a, a lack of substance maybe to it. I mean, that, that's what I think of, have, of heavy metal or hair metal. Sorry. Don't forget that white of the night on it, which kicked ass. Yeah, that was a great track. And, and, and I, that brings me to my first band that I picked for hair metal bands that actually wrote decent songs. Blue Murder. The guitarist for Whitesnake got fired right after that album, formed this band, and it's not... It, it's a band of vets. I mean, it's John Sykes on guitar and vocals who you know, started... With, played with Thin Lizzy, played with Tigers of Pantang, Whitesnake, and then Blue Murder, Tony Franklin, played with Roy Harper and Jimmy Page, and Carmen Apice, played with Vanilla Fudge. That's a kick-ass group. They've got a lot of the guitar acrobatics, but he, he played a Les Paul. But the songs are a lot chunkier and a lot heavier. And that's why I, I kind of like them as a... a they, they looked like hair metal. They, they wore the damn the fucking pirate shirts and had oh, the yeah. spandex on. And if you look at their promo <laughs> shots from that era, they look like a Seinfeld episode. It's, it, it's horrible. Oh, yeah. It's puffy sleeves. Yeah. Like, they had so many puffy sleeves. Oh, and, and hair out to here. It, it, they look atrocious, but the music's really good. Yeah. So Carmine Peace has like one of the he's gotta be in the running for one of the uglier men in rock oh, for sure. Yeah, he could have been in Kiss. But, but it's funny, I was listening to that them today, and the first song off their debut or only record that I know of, like holy shit, there's a drum fill intro like that just launches the first song. Like, that's a good, good fill. Oh, that's yeah. a good, smart part. Yeah. I think that's what a lot of people uh, overlook because of the image in here. Yeah. A lot of these guys were pretty sick musicians, you know, like, you know, Blue Murder. And then, like, you know, my hometown guy's Extreme. I'm so excited you brought up Extreme. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but, you know, it, it was like the, what they chose to play, the music, you know, like Mr. You know, I mean, you know, that Billy Sheen is like Paul Gilbert's amazing, but you know, they, it's kind of they were they were kind of looking to pay some bills, I think, or just to, to attach their wagon to it. You know, kind of like like you were saying, like Kiss, you know, or Heart. Like Heart is a is an example. There's a band that it's really amazing. The '80s rolled. They were they were Nickelback of the '80s. Okay, <laughs> I have to interject here. <laughs> Yeah, Hart wrote nothing in the '80s. Like, there, it's a well-known fact that like a, the label came in and was just. And I didn't know this actually. I read something recently or a year ago, and it's like apparently they wrote none of those hits. Like, really? 
Yeah. They, you listen to them, they're like, yeah, they just kind of gave us songs and said, play this. And they're like great fucking songs. Right. Wow. Like, and it's like, they went through a dead zone. Like after their heyday, right into the late seventies, they started kind of petering off with ideas. And the label was like, let's get some ghost writers in, let's get some professional writers in. And all of a sudden you get, what about love? You get alone, you get all that stuff. I think these dreams, like I think Nancy actually was involved in that, but I was stunned to find out how little they wrote, like the Bad Animals album um, and the one before that. Loved Heart. You know, I think fucking great. Like I dug the 80s shit for sure. It was great. Well, I, I don't, I don't pull the band to bring in writers. You know? Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, like Desmond Child, who wrote songs for well, everybody, basically, <laughs> you know, wrote hits for everybody, you know? And so, you know, I don't think that's, that's such a bad thing, but if you want to talk oh, about yeah. that, there's the band. You know, much like like Alice Cooper, right? You know, Alice Cooper, very fucking dude. And then, like in the eighties, he became this you know kind of like scared hair metal guy for a little while. You know, with yeah. Boys, yeah, Frankenstein and that kind of stuff. He he embraced that too. I think that um, if I can just say, I don't think we should be concentrating on lyric songwriting because that's not why I listen to hair metal. I'm not looking for, you know, when I'm listening to LA guns, like mm -hmm. I, I shut my brain up for a while. It's like, like you have that beer, right? Mark, that yeah. really, really interesting, complex beer from dogfish head. Okay. And I love beer too. And I like to have a really interesting beer, but sometimes I just want to drink a fucking high life. Okay. Yeah. Brain off for a while and turn it up really fucking loud. And cause I'm not looking to, you know, I'm not looking to, uh, LA guns or uh, answers to the world's problems or, you know, I'm not wait, what? Or, <laughs> Whoa. Because I want to have a good time. I want to get loud. I want to be stupid. If anything, yes. you know, hair metal assists you in making bad decisions. And that, <laughs> yes. It was about getting in that fucking attitude and just being like, okay, uh, I think I can have another round because, you know, he said, have another round. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I drive my car into a telephone pole, <laughs> right? you know, but it's just, not, I, I don't know. I never look to hair metal. Like I look for hooks, you know, and melodies and stuff like that, but I never look to them to like eat meaning or anything. It's all about chicks and partying and getting wasted sex and chicks and partying and getting wasted. But then they decided to go all sensitive and acoustic with Tesla and going unplugged and, and extreme more than words. You had to get the chicks, <laughs> you know, you had to get the chicks with the ballads. You know, they wanted to hear that stuff. Like, you know, when Brett Michaels is like, you know, I need something to believe in. Well, you know, turn poison, you know, you need to believe in. I want to branch off and write other stuff and everything like that. that. <laughs> I'm going to jump in here for a second. I, I totally agree with everything you're saying. I will actually, to piggyback when you referenced Extreme, because they, they're on my short list. Um, the one thing I actually noticed, because I agree with you, that's the same reasons that I listen to all this stuff for. Like, you want something that's going to drive, it's going to make you do this. You want something that invariably is going to be some sort of major scale kind of like push sort of thing. But what I noticed when I was listening today is like, it's one of the last little eras where there's like, Actually, and they're not complex, but there's an attention to harmonies within their choruses. 
like two, three part harmonies that, you know, whether you like them or not, it's like, okay, but you don't hear it as much as we got into like stuff that I would listen to when I got older and got into like, you know, space rock or whatever was happening in the nineties kind of thing. It's fantastic stuff happening, but it didn't have the layered choruses. And I kind of was like, you know, that's kind of cool hearing that where it's like three different dudes, like stacking vocals, you know, it didn't matter what they said. It's like, that's pretty creative what they did. Like in certain cases an extreme to your point, like a song like rust in peace, like that fucking song is really well put together. Like they did some really smart shit. Like not only could they play, but they actually tried to put stuff together. And to your point, Mark, where you're talking about ballads, yeah, like they did ballads, but they also did like New York kind of like broken down piano ballads and stuff like that. Like on that porno graffiti album. Like, yeah. They were like a smart, had like hair metal band and they for sure were a hair metal band but. and and the uniqueness is one reason why i picked blue murder because you have tony franklin on like a fretless yeah. fretless bass throughout the whole thing you know yeah. how many how many metal albums have fretless bass all of them but oh, yeah. you had this typical songwriting tropes you know bad boys chauvinism sex egyptians then they had their couple ballads but that fretless bass is throughout the whole album and it just gives that give him a really unique sound and chunky, chunky guitarist. Ryan, you've been really quiet. What's, what, what are you thinking here? I, uh, well, I agree about extreme. I mean, I didn't, so I, I didn't, I didn't grow up a hundred percent listening to hair metal. I never, I didn't have like a massive hair metal phase, but extreme is one of those bands. I thought like three sides, every story, that album was really yeah. strong. I thought it had a lot of depth in it. It was great. Um, however, the band that the first band I said, I suggested in my, in my list was King's X because I thought that they came out at a time where they were considered hair metal. But yeah. the, the interesting thing is, as you look back in time, King's X is more now looked at in relation to the bands that they influenced later. Like King's X has more to do with Alice in Chains or James. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, uh, so when they came out, their their peers were all these other metal bands at the time. But what they did was so original, unique, creative, smart. You know, I mean, yeah. And you were talking about smart, like harmonies. Yeah, those yeah. guys oh. had their their harmonic changes, chord changes, tie tapers, our riffs were. Yeah. Really Christian goes to Nebraska is an amazing record. Oh yeah, I, had that. I love that. Record. Like, now I'm gonna go back and listen to it after we talk. Yeah. And I mean, Doug Pinnock's bass tone and his voice, I mean, was yeah. there's nobody that could you can mistake in that era for his voice. Oh, that's true. And then those guys having the Beatles, the harmonies going yeah. up. They even had a little little bits of punk mixed into their music. I mean, on some uh, some of the tracks, especially some of the later ones. But yeah, I just thought that band was insanely good. And they're one of those cult bands that is going to transcend every genre. But but is that like I never considered King's X to be hair metal. 
you know? Well, if you look, I, I, my argument for that is that I know what you're saying, but my argument is look at photos of them in 1987, 88, 89, their hair metal. They're, I mean, it's the, the image... <laughs> The band and the way that they were marketed was that, but, yeah. um, because that's what was going on at the time. There was no other way. If they had been, if they came out six years later, they would have been marketed as alternative music, but that didn't even really exist in that realm yet. So, you know, so I know what you're saying totally like I, that that's kind of the point that I'm saying now. I don't, I mean, maybe you didn't see them that at, at the time either, but yeah. I think in 87 and 88, and even 89, they were looked at in that world, you know? And then as time goes on, that you, you think about them in, in association with other acts, other genres, and other styles. That's a really good point, because a lot of it was, was about the marketing, you know, the, lot, the look. And that's yeah. where I think a lot, of, a lot of the hair metal gets its detractors is because of the look. Look, Im- image over substance. That's what I wanted to get you guys together for is to find out the, the, the bands with substance. So I King's X, I'm totally on board with Jerry Gaskell, former podcast guest. I heard that one. That's the first one I checked out when I checked out your podcast. You want to, you want to know something weird? Every like once, like every three months, three, four months, I'll get a, a he'll butt dial me. <laughs> I'll be sitting on my phone and it'll be like Jerry Gaskell. I'm like, what the Hello? Hello? And he never answers. He doesn't, he doesn't talk to me anymore. But Jerry Gaskell does butt dial me. So. That's funny. So, all right. Uh, so we've got Blue Murder. We've got King's X. Mike, who, who are you thinking of for your first official pick here? Um, well, I've been a huge fan of... There's a certain type of hair metal that I really enjoy, and that's the really, the really easy shit. Like the new york dolls kind of kiss those were the like blueprint bands but um, okay fast, i've always loved faster pussycat i've always first out Not one redeeming quality about any of those guys. <laughs> how you perceive them listening to that first album. They were just bad news. And to me, that's like, to me, that's hair metal. It's, it's the attitude and it's like the swing that you put into the music. Mm-hmm. And, and they were able to do that. And they had Tim Thomas, like, there had this really distinctive, he looked, he moved and looked like Steven Tyler on stage, but his voice was real punk rock. It was real, like, 70s New York style, just really rough and, and snarling. And, you know, they definitely, just, all they did was sing about, you know, getting wasted and getting chicks. And he, like, you know, he owned the cat house in LA with Ricky Rackman. That's, that's what hair metal is to me. Like they may have dressed up King's X to market them, but you know, you listen to a King's X album and that's like the furthest thing I can think of is like, you know, band that's like got six girls in the van, like, you know, vegetable oil, you know, <laughs> listen to King's X music, you know, but something like faster pussycat, 
Yeah, and then they're a band also that, as the albums came out, they kind of, the I think producers kind of smoothed out their edges, unfortunately. But that first Faster Pussy Get album is, is a real good release. Is there one before Wake Me When It's Over or is Wake Me When It's Over the first one? Is that the second one? The Faster Pussy Get? the second one. The first one yeah. was... First one had Bathroom Wall on it and all that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think both their first two records are really strong. I totally agree. I still listen to Faster Pussy Get. You know, even though it was a big hit, like Poison Ivy's a great fucking song. Like yeah, off the yeah, second. Yeah, like it's got a great bounce. Little Dove, that was a cool tune. Like all that shit. You really didn't but, dive into this, man, didn't you? Oh, I I know this stuff, man. <laughs> like, I'm a ringer when it comes down to this stuff. <laughs> I knew I'd choose the right guys. Yeah. All right. So I, I picked uh Faster Pussycat as my uh, one of my top three also. It's funny nice. to say that. Like that's yeah. And it was also because of that. It's a great pick. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's so it is so classic glam. I mean, they embody that sound and that vibe from New York. I mean, the, I know they're L.A., but they sound like New York. It's like New York Dolls. It's so Johnny Thunders. It's great. I, and so I, there's a there's like a punk edge to it. It's really dumb and awesome and dumb in the best way. Like it's the, <laughs> good, it's the right yeah. kind of dumb. It's just it's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Jason, what's your first official pick? All right. So I would go, I'm going to go to the West Coast. Not one of the grandfathers, but I would say one of the great uncles. But I have to lean on one of the, the pillars, and I'm going to go with Rat. Because as far as I'm concerned, like, like their first four records are made of cocaine, basically. Like that, <laughs> that band, man. Like I was watching the behind the music stuff, too, going, oh, you people suck. Like. I went to the place of imagining it would be like being in that band going, Oh fuck, you would just suck being in a band with, <laughs> but I listened to their records and not only could they play and like, you know, say what you will about Stephen Pearcey's voice. It had a thing and Bo Hill really crafted it into a thing that was passable. Cause if you hear him live, it's like, Oh, okay. So well there's, there's where the editing and there's where the compression and there's where the EQ's gone all of a sudden kind of thing. But, you know, he crafted on a record, so it sounded good in its own way. But Demartini and Crosby, like, those two can play with each other. And the rhythm section was really solid. And they wrote good songs. Like, they wrote trash as far as lyrical go content goes. Like, you know, but you listen to some of the stuff. Like, I was throwing you stuff going, listen to this riff. Like, you know, even off their third record that not too many people liked anymore, but dance 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 like that whole opening riff with the crescendo and the delay effect rolling over top of it, it's like fuck i'd like to write that riff you know in today's day and age but make it kind of like not so that kind of thing like it's like listen to it going it inspires me to want to rip certain things of them off you know like that's that's i guess that's the best compliment i can make as far as being musicians go i want to rip that off and hope no one knows i ripped it off uh, well, it's rad. So you got a 50 yeah. 50 shot. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, all right, Ryan, we got Faster Pussycat as a, your, your second, unless you want to go to an alternate. I'm going to go to an alternate all right. because yeah. uh, we already know. So, <laughs> I, I, all right. I, I'm going to argue that this is hair metal, even though you could also say maybe these guys are not. But I'm going to go with Living Forward. <laughs> Because oh, living color, I yeah, want to go. I, I want to go party with Ryan. Like I, <laughs> he's, he's all. I mean, I, like. 
where I'm coming at from this is I'm trying to find the best bands of the era and that could be potentially marketed into that genre. And I think Living Color, uh, I mean, Vernon Reed's guitar playing alone to me is the reason right there. And then uh, their hybrid of, I mean, yeah, it's, it's metal. It's a little punk, a little funk, some soul. Um, They've got the ballads. Think, what's that? They've got the ballads. I, they didn't write a whole lot of songs about banging chicks but no um, but i didn't know that was i don't know i wasn't thinking that was a qualification for him no you know it, made a list. In the, it, it was definitely in the era because that record came out when yeah. warrant's record came out because yeah, i remember right. they were simultaneously right. spinning those things yeah exactly warrant in uh, skid row living color i mean that was all right there it's true and yeah. so Good point. I, living color still stands the test of time Still making awesome music. Living They're Color great. has hair metal. I got to break this out. So, <laughs> Mark, I can't accept metal band because they're just they're just so so much more than that. Yeah, and I don't know. I just, I didn't even see them as marketed as a hair metal band. They had that whole like billabong wetsuit kind of thing going on, body glove, yeah, like that. But it was it was um, they were just like like King's X. You know, they were just their own separate thing to me. Yeah. Nobody Ooh, else you- like Vernon Reed and they're, they're you know, like Will Calhoun is like a monster. And I, and I, I was fortunate enough to, to see them a couple of times. And, uh, yeah, I did too. Blown away by how amazing. And it just didn't, that just doesn't register in my brain. <laughs> I know they came out at the same time. Right. All that stuff, but it just doesn't, it doesn't like my brain is like exploding on one side. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Can you imagine trying to market them? Like, you know, like that's your rep, and all of a sudden you're like, okay, you gotta go market uh, King's X and uh, Living Color. It's 1986. Go. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right. <laughs> the fuck, Jim? What yeah. did I get these two? <laughs> what did I do wrong? Yeah. So it's, it's apparent to me that Ryan's gonna be the version of me in the Kelly Scott, Jordan Zadarosny metal drummers interview. Yes. So we did this a couple about a year ago where four of us got together and I, I listed actually Will Calhoun as like one of my favorite metal drummers. And then I, and each one I did, each of the drummers that were musicians that was in it were just like, you can't do that. He's a jazz guy. He came from a jazz background. And then I was like, okay, well, Greg Bissonette and like another jazz guy. Yeah. And then I did like the Faith No More drummer. And they're like, nope. So... That's you today, Ryan. Although yeah. I'm totally on board with all the your contrarian. Picks. <laughs> right. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. All right, so who all right, so who's so we got two from Ryan. Jason, yeah. we get two from you yet or no, we don't have two from Matt either. Okay, so Mike. Mike, what, sorry. What's your who's your second pick? Well, Mike, one was Rat, and oh. uh, because I just thought they were just an awesome band, and Stephen Piercy's voice was a big reason why I like that band because they didn't have that. I'm trying to sound like a girl 
Mm-hmm. I was saying, like that Vince Neil, you know, Brett Michaels thing. Stephen Piercy's voice stuck out. Mark as, Slaughter. With all crap when you heard it. You know, yeah, Warren D. Martini is like one of the most overlooked great guitar players yeah. and stuff. That was, yeah. that was my pick. But my other pick was Wasp. Because Wasp. They, they, yeah. They, of, of hair metal. And even though they weren't super girly or sexy they did do the hair and everything like that afraid of them and that's why i love that you know i always thought like like i you know i used to like de- to make money i used to dj weddings and events and stuff like that like the best way to clear a room is play fuck like a beast by wasp watch this place empty out like in 10 seconds you know but they just they had that attitude and they had that quality in their music there was you know, to me, the band, the hair metal bands I like had a swing in their music. There was like, yeah. not like a funk, more like a swing to it. You know, yeah. That yeah. Aer- that Aerosmith kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You exactly. know what I mean? And, you know, that's why they're another blueprint band to me. But yeah, I just love Wasp because they were just an undeniable force. You either like, you either were like, wow, these guys are great. Or it was like, or you were just like, fuck this, this sucks. You know, it was, yeah. it was. Oh yeah, no middle ground with those guys. Holy shit, that guy's got a buzzsaw on a codpiece. Right? That's yeah, crazy. I remember working at a record store here in Massachusetts called Strawberry, and we had that. We had that like right. It was like right there at the end of the stack where people could you know walk by and see it, and always got complaints. <laughs> what is this? And I'm like, yes, sorry about that. And I'm thinking, yeah, well, fucking Blackie Lawless could fuck you in half, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's just, that's so, oh, yeah. that's so, to me, Wasp is like one of those bands that just like, it disturbs people. And I, that, I like that. I like that in a band. It's a good quality. All right. <laughs> Jason. All right. So what, what's your second pick? All right. Um, okay. Oh, so this is where I put myself out there a little bit. Oh boy. This Again, is, this is, this is, well, yeah. Well, that's kind of safe. Like, who doesn't like a rat song, you know, but this is going to go. Okay. So this band, another West coast band came out in the mid to later eighties. And I think what I liked about them is they were a legitimate hair metal version of Van Halen. So they weren't Van Halen for all its good parts, but each individual part was like, Oh, look, you tried to craft Van Halen and it was crafted by Van Halen's producer. So it was the bullet point. First of all, 
they could all play. I didn't like what they all played all the time. Like Mark um, Tur- Turian or whatever his fucking name is. Like he, he, he came to that band as like a, like a gospel singer. Like he could sing incredible things. Like if you heard some of his other stuff, but then he would do all this shrieky stuff. Right. And apparently Templeman blew his voice out by the second record. But Mick Sueda, that guy could play guitar, man. And Jimmy Danda, that fucking dude knew how to drum. Like, there were some cool parts to those first two records. And it was completely not original at all. But it was, it, to your point, it's like, it just made me groove in the right kind of way. Like, there's like 50% of each of those records, you know, is good, you know, and that's like a fairly decent bar. That's what we'll put that. That's a standard bar. Yeah. Air metal. Okay. I'll accept that bar and I will see your, your bullet boys and I will raise you a band that maybe you guys don't know about. I don't know. They only really put out one album in 89, I think. And they've reunited since and put out two albums afterwards. They had local releases. They're in LA, they're a LA based band, Shark Island. I know Shark Island. Shark Island. You may remember them from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure soundtrack or the Point Break soundtrack. They were big in those in that 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 I guess niche for a little while. I remember them from like Metal Edge magazine, like that band where it's like, you know, the label's just trying to push them through and you just keep looking at their ass going, your name fucking sucks. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> going anywhere. Well, I, I liked them because there's, they hit all the, the tropes, right? There's the songs about getting chicks and there's songs that they, you know, after they did, she broke his heart and there's, you know, songs about, doing things in the night and songs about my, this is my city and all that garbage. But I like the dude's voice and the guitar player plays some pretty slick. It sounds totally super compressed guitar, but the singer Richard Black does not sound like one of the castrati hair metal singers that you hear all over the place. Right. Got, he was actually a huge influence to Axl Rose. If you look at Axl Rose's stage presence with the sway in and the, he got that from Richard Black. Richard Shark Island formed as Sharks in like '79, and they became the house band at is it Garazzi's, the same place Van Halen became the house yeah. band after Van Halen and uh, who was it? Um, uh, Motley Crue, I think, was another house band. Was it Gazzari? Gazzari's, yeah. Gazzari's, that's Gazzari's. The old dude, what was his name? Something, it was not Ben, it was something Gazzari, but he was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think. Metal years. Yeah, yeah. wasn't he like 80 when that was all happening too? <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> like, like, good for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but they, 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 so they started in 79 and they were, they were the house band there, so Axel got a chance to see him a lot. 
they didn't really get a, a, a much of a break. They put out a couple local release full lengths and all, and never really got a whole lot of traction until they put out like one or two songs on the Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure soundtrack. And then the a song on the Point Break soundtrack, they got a deal, put out a full length album, which is where I actually, no shit, I heard them on the Bill and Ted's first. And then I heard the full length and I was like, these guys are great. I really like, I, I love this band. And then that was it. They were done. As soon as I liked them, there's a kiss of death. <laughs> so, but, you know, they had, the, even the videos were, were total hair metal stuff. You know, this, the guitarist is playing in some kind of archway. The, the singer, they've got candles everywhere. Some chick who's getting, who, who's drinking wine, but it's spilling all over her body. It, it's, a, everything's, total hair metal but I kinda, that's where I kind of I kind of do the hair metal thing and, and, and become hypocritical because that's why I like this stuff right they that's have a cool. song called Get Some Strange <laughs> I mean how hair metal can you get well hair metal hair metal's not about being woke exactly <laughs> really <laughs> yeah it's not about that it's, it's just it's just about keeping the party going you know, that's yeah. why I have a hard time with like living color because they had songs, you know, like you open know, letter to a landlord bird and stuff. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my God. You know, it's like so far, well, especially in times up like that's they move really far past it. Like right. sort of metal trope on that. Yeah, I agree. But now the last thing I'll say about one reason I love the Shark Island is because now looking back on it. I'm like 16 when this album came out and I'm running around my house singing, get some strange, <laughs> you know, my mom and dad are looking at me like, what, what are you talking about? Strange you don't think you what? know what that means. And I Where didn't, condom? I didn't. So I like, <laughs> anyway. All right. So the end. Oh, the other thing is they, the singer, Richard Black ended up being in this like hair metal super group of sorts called contraband. He was in Contraband? He was, a, he was a singer in Contraband. Contraband had Richard Black. Bobby Blotzer, the chick from Bobby, Vixen. And Cher Michael Peterson, Lush, Michael God, Shanker. Yeah, Shanker. And uh, Tracy Guns. Yeah. Yeah, Contraband was a so, weird, like, super group. Yeah, so if you like, uh, if you want a hair metal super group, pick up Contraband's album. Self-titled album, though. Well. suggestion sure. maybe at some point during this we can actually i don't know if it makes a sense but as we start talking it occurred to me that maybe we should have a pick of like i just don't get it which is kind of like i suppose ironic because like in theory we <laughs> none of us get any of this stuff really but there's got to be a threshold that's just too far down can, this, this rabbit hole we can do that and i was also yeah. thinking about doing a um, if you have a ultimate hair metal song even if it's not a one you know it, Especially if it's not from one of the bands that you pick, I would, yeah. I've got one in mind, but I'm going to, I'm not going to share it until we're done with our picks. Right. So, yes. Okay. So everybody has picked twice. 
Let's get Ryan's next outlier pick. All right. All right. <laughs> so I've got a bunch of, I have a bunch of like on deck ones, a short list. So I, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm going to pull a wild card here. I'm going to pick one that is not. Now you are. And, and I'm going to, and now I'm going to, this one, I, I think I'm going to pick one that maybe nobody has heard of. They were a major label band. They had a little blip. They're called Slave Raider. Does anybody have heard of that? Okay. Minneapolis band. You got me. Check them out. Minneapolis band. (laughs) So in the late eighties, they, they took the Midwest by storm. They were like renting out all ages venues, selling out massive shows. Okay. I'm going to interrupt you for one second. What's that? I'm going to interrupt you for one second because I just looked them up and they have a a song. I don't know. An album called take the world by storm. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So, so <laughs> they were huge in the Midwest and they were known nationally for just like a blink of the eye. They they toured definitely with Rat and uh who else? I'm trying to think here. Um other hair metal bands. They're definitely hair metal. There's no no question. Oh, I'm looking at a picture right now. Yeah. Here, yeah. You wanna play and you wanna they, play a second of it? Sure. <laughs> Snare sound in the 80s. Oh, yeah. It's so Minneapolis 80s trying to do metal. It's like, you know, recorded the same place they probably recorded like Husker Du at the same year. I'm looking at the, <laughs> the replacements came in and had to get it. Yeah. Yep. I'm looking at a picture right now, and somebody in there looks like they're from Scandal. Uh, <laughs> they got, they got well, like, so they the, got like the, the Road Warrior, like the red paint over, the, over her eye, he or she's eyes. Okay, so that is a guy named. He, he goes by the name. His nickname, <laughs> right, that's my buddy. My, <laughs> that's that my brother. Goes by the name Chainsaw, and he's a he's that's a so Mad Max. I think he's actually missing an eye because he's got an eye patch in real life, and and that's his. That's it. I'm done. It's Chainsaw. <laughs> Mike wins the uh, <laughs> Chainsaw. Ryan wins sorry, the internet Chainsaw. tonight. Chainsaw, Chainsaw's missing an eye. I wonder how he got the name the, the nickname Chainsaw. If he does, if he doesn't, he does now. Like that's just the story. <laughs> yeah. Someone go to his wiki page and update it. <laughs> now to top it off, to top off their their involvement in hair metal, Chainsaw started a hugely popular cover tribute band called Hairball, and they they sell out huge huge venues. They're making <laughs> sick money, and they and it, he's not even in the band anymore. He just has like hired out new musicians, and they <sighs> they go through like a show where they go through every era of hair metal with all and all the, the musicians become the bands and they act like the people. It's an incredible show. I want to wow. see that so badly it's, now it's going national. I mean, it's gone national. It's it, anyways, they're called hairball. So that's chainsaws. That's cool. So yeah, that sounds like a guy up here. I knew that created an event called classic albums live. And it would like actually bring in all these professional players and like, do Boston's record like a night of that, like Ooh, top wow. of Ben and just like kill it kind of thing. They'd all have to look like Boston. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Oh man. All right. So that's a good look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the little mustache. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we get a Blue Oyster Colt cover band? Y'all got to look like Eric Bloom. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> oh, man, all right. So, Slave Raider. That, I'm going to... I've you got me on that one. I, yeah, that's pretty good. That's freaking awesome. That's pretty good, Jason. All right, um, pick number three. It's I'm torn. I had I had Badlands written down with Jakey Lee's first debut record, but I kind of was like, the singer's a dick and just screwed a bunch of people and got them all sick and killed them ultimately. So it's like I, I don't feel like giving them any airtime. And then as we we're talking, it made me for, I forgot that. a band, a debut album that I loved from a band and it was interesting to me because he went off and created it and he you know he was a big deal before this band so lynch mob from like Dawkins. Everyone's a big Dawkins fan, but I never got into Don Dawkins' voice. Me either. I Mr. Like Scary voice. is like amazing. Jeff Pilsen was like a, like a gem as far as a background singer, but once that first Lynch Mob record hit, like it's better than 50%. Like it's like, wow. It's These like are well 62. Like, and he's a shredder, but he gave room to the songs too, which that's a real appreciation factor for me. When you get like shredder guys that actually let the song happen and not just wank all over the song kind of thing. Oh. It's like that's impressive. You so you must like GXR then. Yeah, yeah. not a big GXR fan. No, man, that's got everybody. That's got George Lynch, Doug Pinnock, and Ray Luger. It's too much. It's too much of that. You can <laughs> can only have two guys that are really good. You, you can't have too much. Uh, too many virtuosos. Yeah, uh, that's just my philosophy on that. All right, well. Like I'm the weak link of our band, but I write all the music. So it's, it's, it's the beauty of our band. <laughs> all right. So Mike, what's, who's your next pick? Uh, my back since rat was already taken and stuff. So uh, Hanoi rocks. I hope that a huge nice. Michael Monroe. Someone who influenced, you know, Axl Rose and Guns N' Roses. Yeah. And, right. Um, but Hanoi Rocks, again, it's that's the kind of stuff that I liked. And, and it was just, it was really raw and it seemed really dangerous and uh, put on such a great show, you know. And they, again, they had a real edge to them where people could possibly be frightened of them. You know, they were like, they were dressed up, but they weren't exactly, they were, you know, they wore the makeup, they did the hair, but it was like, okay, these are just very fucked up transvestites. And they could, <laughs> you know. I mean, they rocked so hard, yeah. a good band, and they had that swing that I love, you know, and, and, and they had some good tunes. So that, that would have been my uh, backup pick. Okay, cool. I'm going to go for my last pick with a band that I actually don't consider hair metal, but they got 
kind of lumped in with hair metal. Because, I feel like I've heard this before, this intro. Yes. <laughs> because of the, the lead singer's long, flowing, some may say luscious hair. Shaka Mazaya? No. So I'm, I'm going, I'm doing a Ryan, and I'm going with something a little off-center here. Warrior Soul. Whoa. And they got lumped in because of their look, but they wrote some kick-ass tunes. I mean, their first album was pretty good, but their second album, Drugs Got in the New Republic, and everything beyond that, up until Space Age Playboys. Space Age Playboys was a little weak for me, but everything from those two albums, Salutations from the Ghetto Nation... That was that that was an incredible album. Chill Pill. They actually screwed up Chill their album Chill Pill on purpose because they hated David Geffen so much. Such a Neil Young move. Yes, it's like the old like, <laughs> Yeah. But you want a rock roll album, here's a fucking rockabilly album. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what they did. They they he, they, they said uh, they they recorded like two albums worth of music. They took the songs that they hated the most and they sent that to the record label and said, here's your album. I actually love that album because it's their most like psychedelic sounding. They got a lot of punk influences. I mean, Corey Clark was from Detroit. I think Pete McClanahan was from Detroit also. Their drummer, their first drummer, Mark Evans, was murdered and dismembered and thrown in a dumpster and set on fire. But... I don't, what, what did he do? I don't like, know. What are you going to do to have that four things happen to you at that point? Like, how mad do you got to be? Like, that's a lot of work. That is. <laughs> you're that, carrying that takes time. with you and some sort of cutting device. And you're like, not to make light of it, but I'm going to make light of it. Like, then you got a job. Then you got to actually put him in the dumpster and then go in and set him on fire. Yeah, man, you gotta get clothes. You're gonna get fucked up from that for sure, man. You're yeah. like smoke and shit and like gasoline. It's gonna be bad. It is, you're gonna smell like some the so worst barbecue you're, ever. Like you gotta be mad at that dude. Yeah. to do that. <laughs> All right, Mike, you look like you had a question about Warrior Soul. Like, why did I pick that or something? Yeah, again, that's like again, that's like a band like King's X and Living Color, where it's just that never occurred. Like again, they had a look. But the, it never occurred to me that that like oh this is hair metal yeah you know like if the guy just cut his hair we probably wouldn't be having <laughs> yeah right, right. <laughs> he did but he did it too late he he did it like the Warrior Souls last album and then <laughs> then they got dropped right <laughs> <laughs> the curse of Mark Shea yeah. I like the you're dropped yeah <laughs> <laughs> they were they're just kind of their own little universe you know yeah. I never thought of them as someone. At the band that was like, and they kind of yeah. came in between in that little little tiny area when when hair metal was dying and before grunge really exploded, and they yeah. got kind of got caught between. Plus, they their lyrics were really politically charged in an era just before that became cool. 
Yeah. You know, Rage hadn't really done much of anything. I don't even know if they they yeah. were a band at that point. They may still have been Electric Sheep, but it wasn't something that you did and expected to stay on a label. So, <laughs> at least not, not, not as overtly as, as Warrior Soul did. You realize if you meta tag this podcast when you're done right, they're going to get blips on their radar that they probably haven't seen in like 20 years. Oh, my, no kidding. <laughs> I actually soul came up as a hashtag. <laughs> Shark Island. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just going to go to a, some kind of Nat Geo TV show or something. Yeah. yeah. Some kind of special. That's a cool pick. I think that's a really Shark cool pick. I, I agree that it's not metal, but I think it's a cool pick. Awesome. All right. So. Did we, now, did we get everybody's three picks? I believe so, I yeah. we did. All right, so with all that being said, there's some newer bands that are kind of taking the, the hair metal torch. I mean, you've got, from a while back, there's definitely The Darkness. Definitely grab that torch and, and run with it. There's Steel Panther. They're kind of tongue-in-cheek. But there's also other bands. I Actually, there's a band called South of Eden. They are total hair metal sound. It's the, the singer could have put out an album in, in 1988, and it would have been, been huge. Like to see a resurgence of hair metal? Jason's got his hand up. <laughs> okay, so the 48-year-old guy says it's not going to work because <laughs> there's there's missing people. Now, I preface that by saying I know fucking nothing and I'm 48 years old, but it's not going to work. And here's why I think that. Because everything we talk about with these bands, it's always about a certain era and where we were and a demographic of people who listen to music that don't listen to music the same way we do now. Like, we would have listened to stuff like you're talking about songs like song six on a record that like, you know, not a ton of people have like listened to, yeah. but we all did. Cause we listened to that shit back then. So for a hair metal thing to work, you're going to have to get over the fact that it has to have any sort of sub substance. Right. And like, that's going to, you're going to lose people there. No one's going to really push it from like, you know, algorithm perspectives. Like there's not going to be any push behind it. And it's just not going to, it's, when things have like a resurgence or when they have like this whole breeding familiarity and warmth, like makes you want to go back to it. Like, you know, how records came back, they didn't really ever go away. They just kind of were under the belly, but you know, vinyl came back up. It's our age groups that dragged it back up for the most part, to be honest, like really got fucking, I'm going to buy a table, but I don't think that like, if we wanted to bring it up, we're just going to bring the bands up. We've thought of, we're not going to go look for new ones because there's no history there. There's no longing pull. So you don't, like, you don't, you don't think a, a good hair metal sounding 
single would it get any traction no, with listeners today? I, no, because I think kids are idiots now, right? Well, so, <laughs> and again, forty-eight. Yeah. Like <laughs> forty-eight, you already think you're idiots? Come on, <laughs> <laughs> prove me wrong. Let's have a okay. podcast about that. <laughs> the other, the other thing is, is you can't write lyric, you can't write hair metal lyrics anymore because you get canceled. Oh, yeah. Well, you would. You will get canceled. You'll get canceled. You're totally right. right. You would get canceled. <laughs> you brought up. You brought up Steel Panther. You can in the context of comedy. Yeah. Yes. And you're absolutely right. That's a, yes. We loved it back then because they were just so damn serious. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Tracy. Or, or maybe they weren't serious, but they definitely meant it. You know. They, the only way you could get away with those lyrics now is really if you, if it was a comedy. Yeah, there's has to be an irony attached to it all. Like, Sixteen year old right. me thought it was serious. Yeah, exactly. You know, but we were idiot kids back then. Oh, uh, that's that's a good point. <laughs> to, to bring up a newer band, I don't know okay. if you guys it's called Dirty Honey. And no, good name. I like that. Yes, bit of a hair metal swing to them. They're more. Okay. I don't know. They sound a little more organic. You know, if you listen to their their uh, their EP, which is out, it's um, it's really good. But they do have more of like a not so much hair metal, more like a faces kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, cool. So we're gonna talk about a band that was that was probably thrown in mistakenly with all that. It's like to me, Tesla didn't even belong the hair metal genre because if you went to see Tesla live, they were just like a straight ahead you know, blues rock band. Yeah. They were like this close to being the black crows in a lot of ways. Exactly. You know, and yeah. same way, but they have a little bit of that, that glam to it. You That's know, cool. if, if you're looking for something new, that has a, a little bit of that quality, that's, that's a band to look for. All right. That's cool. All right. So we got dirty honey, South of Eden, steel Panther going back 10, 15 years. Now at this point, the darkness, I mean, Justin Hawkins is just, his voice is insane. I gotta, I gotta add one here. Yeah. So this is, this is back to my, just cause it's bothering me and I want to get it out there cause I don't want to go ahead with it. I can't live with it anymore. Band that I don't get that was super popular and it's ironic that it's just like you would even say, why would you get it kind of thing? Like, cause it's ridiculous. I didn't get Europe. I don't understand why they were so fucking big. <laughs> like who, I have not met a Europe fan. I want, and I know they're out there. I know there's probably a ton of them out there. Is it a there, European thing, literally, or is there like, are there North American Europe fans? I had that one it album. Wasn't metal, but it was metal, and it was god awful metal. Well, it had all the the bad aspects and the tropes. Makes me mad talking about it right now. <laughs> See, I loved. I had that album. The that I guess it was called the Final Countdown. Were I, you the Europe fan? No, but I liked the song. You were the song. Europe fan and the Shark Island fan. I I, I was the European Sharks. <laughs> Anything aquatic and. <laughs> Why couldn't you bring that band down? Oh God. Well, okay. So I was not a Europe fan because I got that album and I listened to it and I said there is one good song on this album there's not no i like final count i still like the final no, countdown. it's not it's that's, not a good no. <laughs> <laughs> there's way too much 
I'm going to hit the horn preset on my fucking Roland here and just bang that. That's our, there's our, there's our hook. Horn yeah, but I love that. He says it right there. I still love that stupid ass guitar solo. Oh, I remember Please don't. I, I, you're, um, you know, there's a lot of bands like metal bands now that have that. They call it like what do they call it? power metal? Oh yeah, yeah. It's that whole like big chorus symphonic thing going for it. And Europe was kind of like the, the, I guess, the smoothed out version of that. They're kind of being like Bon Jovi kind of thing. Like they're going for like epic chorus kind of thing. But it had that, you know, we're from Sweden, so there's this weird tweak right. in their chord selection. It's like right. what? It's like, it's like how people listen to Canada rock and go, you sound Canadian. It's like, yeah, well, I can't help it. But you got you to gotta realize they were beautiful men. Beautiful men. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Right. And like, it was just cheekbones and just gorgeous men. And I think True. the final countdown really propelled them because you play that in a gym. And people just go fucking sick. It's true. They're just like, you know, they're like benching, you know, and it's so that's like, you know, maybe that's it. Maybe it's like the workout culture in North America propelled them. So steroids, steroids accounts for their popularity. That's right. Steroids and bench pressing and final countdown. Yeah. (laughs) Steroids, Schwarzenegger and (laughs) Europe. Cheekbones. Yes. (sighs) All right, so you can't you you can't figure out why people like Europe, Mike. All right, what's your band that people cannot that you cannot figure out why people like? I never got why Enough's Enough. Oh, got as popular as they did. And again, it was for a long time, but no, why they got or why they didn't get as popular? Sorry, I didn't quite hear no. you. They hit for that one. I mean, I just I don't know. I just didn't get that at all, and um. It's it kind of it's like that's the kind of music that they would to me that they would like play at Guantanamo. You know, to get so here's here's the thing, because I totally agreed with you up until about a week ago. For some reason, I don't know why I was reading something like because I, I often get like in my feeds like, hey, you like reading metal stuff every once in a while. Check out this guy from that's now 65 and <laughs> trying to fucking tour still. So it's like, all right, I'll read that story. And um, it's always like guys like Enough's Enough or Rat, whatever incarnation's going on there. And I was just like, I remember having that record and thinking the exact same thing, going, man, he's so nasally when he sings. Like, it's just so yeah. much through here. It's great. It's graining. And then I listened to it. I listened to the second record. And there's a funny part is, of course, you know, the person who's the biggest proponent behind it is the next nasal singer, Billy Corgan. So he's a huge Enough's Enough fan, apparently. Shocked. But I listened to it. It's like, oh, I can see why it almost should have been, like, appreciated. Like, I'm hmm. still with you on it because it's like, it's kind of grating, but it's like, it's kind of clever writing. It's Beatles-ish. They're trying to be like, hey, we're hard rock Beatles kind of thing. Well, Which, they're like hard rock hippies. Yeah. Yeah. Hippies. So maybe that's why 
I don't know. It was just like now they're. I I just remember when that was really popular. I'm like, I don't, I don't understand why people are loving this tune. I get it. Weren't the Electric Boys also hard rock hippies? Yeah, hard rock hippies doesn't work for me. No, seems (laughs) non-committal. Really? All right. So we got Europe. We got enough's enough. Ryan, who do who's your un. I the band I don't get. I mean, honestly, there's there, there, there's a lot of them. I, I mean, like, <laughs> that's why this question. I'm just gonna be honest. So there's a lot yeah. I don't get. I actually don't. I'm gonna say that I mostly don't get hair metal, but I <laughs> do actually like. I, I you know I had a similar experience with Enough's Enough, where I thought they sucked. I didn't like them. And then I more recently listened to them and, and uh, I think it's because of the Chicago connection there. I think they're a Chicago band or there's yeah, something yeah. going on there. And they, those guys are still involved in that, or at least one of them is involved in that scene there. And, and I checked them. I was like, Oh, I like this better now than I did when I heard it the first time. And yeah. I was like, so I can appreciate them, but I'm okay. So if I got to pick a band that I just don't get, that was huge that, I guess I have a love-hate relationship with this band. I'm going to say that. Motley Crue, because they had some amazing songs. And then they have a bunch of just so bad songs that how did that even make it out there? Like, that's so... so but I also love a, the band. I love the band. Dr. Feelgood is an amazing album. And then there's a bunch of albums that have, like, two good songs or, like, a there's a good song Actually, here and there. So. This is a great point because I would even back up further on that. I would say each album only has two good songs. Dr. Feelgood... You go back and listen to it, it's like... Well, four. That's like four. That's like four good songs. Yeah, does it have four, though? Like, Feel well, Good and see. Kickstart My Heart are the only okay, ones. Kickstart really. My Heart, Doctor Feel Good. I like uh, Don't Go Away, Mad, Just Go Away. Go back and, and listen to it. You. After we talk, you. Go, after we talk go back and... Yeah. The four. I and then maybe Rattlesnake <laughs> Shake? Okay, yeah. possibly. Maybe, then, uh, what's that same old situation? That that could be an argument, okay. fifth and a half or something. Like, to yeah. your point then, then that means like if you take their entire collection, because the last good song they wrote was Primal Scream, I think. That yeah. song was pretty funny. That's a good rad. song. They have about nine songs. Yeah. Really. It's like, right, that's they're, 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 they're kind of like you 2 after Joshua Tree. So they, they could put out a Greatest Hits songs. EP you know I mean? and you'd be happy. It's like, yeah. Like they're probably going to go into the fucking rock and roll hall of fame. Like if you know, like they're probably going to end up there. And it's like, so I think Ryan's got it spot on here. It's like, I don't get it either because I would say Rat had better songs and more better, you know, I, I would put their catalog up against it, but, yeah, but was huge. Molly, Molly <laughs> way more fun than Rat. They were uh, just personality wise and the attitude and, um, and only nine. Good songs. What about that first album? To me, that's oh really yeah, album. too fast for love is oh, a yeah, good too, album. That's oh, yeah, too fast. Album. You're right. Okay, yeah, right, right. That's so, a good album. Off of so, uh, Shout at the Devil, there's the. the I like Shout at the Devil. There's three. Yeah, they, so they they have like so much good. You know, they just maybe it's just like they hit a cliff. Guilty of making a lot of output. Oh, it you know, dropped which is off. Good, you know, and so I, mean, I don't even like the Doctor Feelgood album. Their aim is like. I don't Less even like Doctor Feelgood. That entire album, I I can't stand. You don't per- like it? No, I I, I, I hated it when it came out. Still, I the, the, that album. The production on that album makes that album awesome. That's like, the production the is fine. Rock. I just hate the songs on it. I just thought it was <laughs> trash when it came out. I hated well, it when it was new. 
I kind of yeah. hate Vince Neil because I don't like. I never really got Vince Neil. <laughs> it's like mm, two first what, names. What you you kind of don't sing well. Dickhead. I don't get yeah. it. Like, yeah, he sings flat a lot, but it's like yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like a it's a lot. It's like yeah. he's just kind of bumping into key every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> Accidentally hitting key. Yeah. Hey, Vince hitting key right on. Yeah. Good take, Vince. We'll get that one down. Let's let's stop recording. We're done. Yeah. All right. My band that I don't understand why anybody likes, and anybody who likes hair metal is going to hate me when I say this, is Poison. I hate every single fucking song that they've recorded. They have not hit one good note ever. They suck, and I hate them. Do you know what, do you know what the best thing about Poison is? One of them's dead. No, no, that's Warrant. No, 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 yeah. Sorry. Is that... Okay, so C.C. DeVille's like like the, the original fucking crack whore. Like, C.C. DeVille was just all over the place. Like, you see footage of him at, like, yeah. much music. Oh, yeah. Oh, he, he's like a crack-headed like, oh, Joe Walsh. Then they have the best internal band's fight story ever. So then they fired C.C. DeVille, and they got Richie Coatson. Yes. Who's like one of those guitar shredders. And I don't know if you saw Richie Coatson back then. If you're going to talk about a beautiful man... He yep. came on and they kind of tried to write like songs. They said, hey, Richie's going to write as much of songs. Richie proceeded to write a bunch of songs, looked completely disinterested, and then fucked Ricky Rocket's wife and, or fiance and stole her away. And then they had to fire him. And it's like, <laughs> I love that about Poison. That's my favorite aspect of Poison. It's like, oh, man, that's so terrible. Like, he, they cuckolded the drummer. That, made, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that makes like, me like Richie Cotton a lot better than Poison. Oh yeah, Richie Cox is cool. You can see the photos. Like, get rid of the other three guys. This guy, <laughs> the Zone Band, he's cool looking. Which I think he uh, did, and it didn't do so well. No, because he's a uh, dick apparently. Uh, a side note about Richie Cotson, he's in a really good band with Billy Sheehan called Winery Dogs, right? Yeah, yeah, and they're they're pretty awesome. And Mike Portnoy's and uh, plays drums on that, and them too. And and um, I thought they were really good. But yeah, that's, that's an awesome story though. That you is, yeah. Is that one Poison song you like? No, not a single one. Uh, I like one of their singles. It's like, okay, I kind of get, I'm on board with this. It's like, just dumb fun, but I kind of got on board with it. Oh, uh, oh which one? Unskinny Bob. I'm totally, I don't know if I can have you on this podcast fun. anymore. <laughs> hey, listen, I bring a lot to people's lives here. <laughs> you um, do that that is true that's your redeeming yeah. quality um no i i think it's fair that i get shit on because of that although i'm stunned i've listened to it recently and i'm like how many takes did it take ricky rocket to get to do that opening fill because it's like off the three like it's like this weird like halftime cut into the drum it's like you can't play for shit dude like how many times did like wagner run you through that <laughs> <laughs> that yeah that's I don't understand how anybody likes any of that. I mean, yeah, it's it's dumb party music, but to me, it it just you know, it, it, to me, it's it's like um, I don't I don't know, it's like movies that are just stupid humor. It, it, okay, like it's okay, so let's, so let's take it's like it's Bruce Willis and Armageddon. That's what it is. Yeah, well, it's like, like yeah. naked. You do too many naked guns, and it just it just dumb after like that whole what is that. <laughs> What is that TV show that that's got Rashida Jones in it now? And it's it's like suppose it's like a ripoff of Naked Gun. It, it's it's all uh, the same type of humor. I, oh, what the hell is that called? Shit, I'm gonna look it up. No, you know what? No, what? Never mind. It's I'm the not poison gonna... of TV. It yeah. is whatever it is. It's the poison of TV. It is. It's the poison of TV. And that's why I can't stand Song it because it's title. just it's just it's too dumb. I don't. I I love songs about. I like you know rat. 
great party songs. Just, I don't know. There's just so much. It, it's a bridge too far. I totally respect that. It, 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 it gives me a visceral, right. I get a visceral reaction. Like I want to punch the phone right now. Yeah. It's your Europe. It's like, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I want to make them less pretty. Just yeah. smack their pieces. <laughs> 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 All right. So moving on be, beyond my uh, despisal of poison you guys have a song that that is like a go-to hair metal song and it like hits all the tropes that just you just like oh this is if i want to embody hair metal this is the song and i'll i'll give you mine first so you guys can have a second to think about it because i kind of threw this one on you if i want to hear hair metal it's none of the bands that i actually listed because i think they write better music but wait by white lion is just pure hair metal awesomeness I remember liking that song. I can't even think of how it goes right now. Oh, well, here. Wait, I, well, wait. There you go. That's it. <laughs> That's what I remember. And then wait, 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 wait. Yes. <laughs> so Mike, that, Tramp, Mike Tramp, a beautiful man. Mike Absolutely. Tramp. This is a fun, funny thing I've, I've learned doing research for this stupid podcast. Mike Tramp had nothing to do with that song. Vinny Bra- uh, Vito Brada Vito Bra- wrote all the music. He wrote the, oh, the yeah. lyrics, the music. He wrote everything. Mike Tramp, a few years ago, decided to try to go out as Mike Tramp's White Lion, and Vito just sued his ass off and said, "No, no, you didn't. You had nothing to do with this." Mike Tramp was apparently like a, a Danish pop star who yeah. came over to the u.s he they won some kind they won eurovision that's what it was whatever band he was in won eurovision which i found out is a real thing and not just a will ferrell movie oh yeah no, it's, it's it's a thing dude i had no idea so yeah. they won it and they came over to the u.s they did like the band did nothing everybody in the band went back except for mike tramp and then he ended up singing on white lion stuff Yes. Which I had no idea about. That's my history lesson. So that's my, if I have got to have hair metal, if I need it like right now, I'm going to wait by White Lion. Who do you guys have? So let's, let's Jason, this is your wheelhouse, man. What, what are you, what are you going to for a, a quick well, four minute hair you, metal fix? You're going to the guy that has like <laughs> hair metal Spotify list, right? So <laughs> right off the hot, there's like, it's this long. Well, that's why um, I'm trying to buy a little time for Mike and Ryan. Cause I threw them, I threw this to everybody. I would like to have something clever. Like there are two, um, I would say right off the hop, lay it down. Like, just because, like, it's just a visceral, like, you know, they have better hits, like, arguably, round and round and stuff. Like, Lay It Down just has all the things I want. It has a certain edge that round and round didn't have kind of thing. So that song does it for me. And some of the sweeps, these those things that Bo Hill did, like, yeah. the transition, it's like, what the fuck's he doing? That's a band where every record I've ever gone in to make, 
I've said to each producer, whether it be Alan Epley or Jordan, saying, I want you to steal that thing from Rat where the backwards symbol thing happens in round and round. Or I want that round and round effect on the backwards. <laughs> I go, do that. And they look at me like, why? And I'm like, just do it. No yeah. one's done it. <laughs> so it drives me nuts. So, um, so you get a lot. Of, and that's one of the reasons why I picked wait is because it, it, it hits a lot of those tropes like you're saying it's got the good the acoustic intro the yeah. big chorus and the insane guitar riffs throughout the entire thing where nothing's ever the same twice yes i agree all right so um, another one would be blackout in the red room by a band love hate love hate yes that fucking song was thick dude It's one of those things I'm just happy to revisit. Like the rest of the records, like eh, but like I never heard the rest of the record. Drums, no one has. (laughs) (laughs) You make an excellent point, my friend. Drums ever? Yes. (laughs) I'm gonna get a bunch of like terrible phone calls one day in my life. I heard you on this podcast slamming my band. (laughs) You know Mark? (laughs) (laughs) You know Jizzy Pearl ended up doing a ton of those. You know those those uh, weird tribute albums where it would be like Bruce Kulick and and a bunch of other people playing all the music, and then would have like a bunch of different lead singers. It was like some some record label, like Egyptian Records or something, would do these uh, tributes. Yeah. Like they did like an industrial tribute to Guns and Roses, and it would have like ten different songs. It would pretty much be a similar. The, the actual band would be like the same three or four guys, and it would have like Jizzy Pearl. And it would have Corey Clark and uh, the dude from Great White and a bunch of other people just singing. Jeezy Pearl is over all over those things. I think your next podcast you should get a guy from Poison and say we're gonna have a Poison podcast, and then we can proceed to have the same collection of us saying we don't get you. I don't. If I could have a <laughs> podcast where I get Brett Michaels and I can shit all over him, that would be the greatest day of my guys. life. Some of these guys are dying for this sort of thing. Ricky Rocket. Some of the guys you've been getting on lately. I can get you. <laughs> you can get Ricky Rocket. Ricky Rocket's like got like a vet clinic or something going on. <laughs> he put out an Royal album. System. Wait, his his wife is the one that got. Uh, you, know you can get on Bobby Blosser. That guy's like dying for something to do because he's been sued at a rat. Yeah, but so doesn't like, he look like? like doesn't he look like a, like one of those wrestlers that just used to slice their face open just for effect? He looks just like a douche. Is what he looks okay. like. Like he's just. He emanates douche. I watched actually a podcast and reasons like, I can't, I can't. You just sound like a fucking idiot. <laughs> All right. I think, I think we've stalled enough. Right. Mike, what's your go-to hair, three minute hair metal fix? It's a toss up between bad medicine by Bon Jovi or night. Nice. What, what was the second one? Uh, nice train by guns and roses. Cause that's Great. the sleazy, that's the sleazy edgy part of it. <laughs> That just embodies hair metal mm-hmm. to me. Okay. About it, the look, the attitude, the lyrics, you know, the big drum sound, you know, all that stuff is, is in there. And, and so it was, I go with bad medicine, I guess.
Okay. Yeah, it's it's the best of the Bon Jovi songs in my mind because it's got all like the the right amount of everything. That's another band I can't stand. Yeah, but it's kind of like you know if you're gonna do a whoa 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 as your chorus, like they did it well. Yeah, yeah. I'll give them that. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to hear. I don't sure as hell don't want to hear uh, Poison doing whoa whoa whoa. They're no. a band that kind of they shed the whole hair metal thing and they're trying to be like uh, kind of lighter Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah. uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, yeah. You know, those first couple of Bon Jovi albums are fun, but after that, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I get that completely. All right, Ryan, you've had, you've had a few minutes. I have, and I have 100% certainty that my go-to song is It's So Easy by Guns N' Roses. There you go. Well, I would say Guns N' Roses wasn't hair metal. Well, see, actually, you know, I thought about that, too. And ironically, I thought Guns N' Roses was on my short list. And I thought I actually thought King's X fit in more than Guns N' Roses. But I would agree with you, actually. But Guns N' Roses is like, I mean, they definitely what you could argue that they were, you know, and uh, I mean, they were kind of in a way the epitome of it, but they had so much other things going on. They've had so much Aerosmith and punk and other things. That they helped. But yeah, they helped crush it, which was the irony of it all kind of thing. Yeah. And then they but wanted I'm to be still going to, I'm just going to stand by my, it's so easy. Cause oh. that you can't oh. beat cranking that up. Like <laughs> uh, actually if we're all throwing a guns and roses tune in there, then I want to throw in my Michelle because. Like, oh yeah. Oh, that yeah. Was, that fucking that's song, another one. I fucking uh, yeah. love that song. Yeah. Well, if, if we're going guns and roses, and we're doing the whole how acoustic screwed up metal. I still love Patience. Uh, I can't stand that tune. Really? Because uh, <laughs> I'm fucking hanging up. I hate that tune, and then I had to hear it every day at work. Oh, you know, uh, compounded that that fork against a chalkboard kind of thing every time I heard it. You know, but you know, I have to say this though. Last time I saw them on that last tour, they did thing where they, like, my whole rule Guns N' Roses is like they they kind of put it in context live. They played November Rain, and then they went into that second half of Layla, and I was like, oh, okay, I under- I understand what they're trying to do, like, but I understand it. And then hmm. they started playing Angie by the Stones, and then they went into Patience, and I was like, oh. Okay, well, that's what they're saying. They're trying to write a song like Angie. Uh, okay. Coming from, but it's still gonna make me want to punch myself in the face when it comes on the radio. That's amazing. So they literally had to dumb it down for people going, "This is what we're trying to do." Yeah, it's brilliant. I never understood November Rain. I hate that song. Me too. Yeah, pile of turd. But you know, hearing them like mix it with Layla, I'm like, okay, well, they're trying to do a Layla thing here. Okay. See, I always okay. figured they're trying to do a Paul McCartney and Wings thing with that because it's like, okay, so this could be a whole nother episode. Paul McCartney wrote amazing music, but the problem for me with, with him and Wings is that some of his songs, there's like three songs within one song. 
And if he had just spent a little more time working out one of those ideas, he could have written three incredible songs instead of just smashing them into one, like Band on the Run. And that's that's the thing I got from like November Rain and and, and all that. It's just, if he's just spent a little more time on one of these weird sections, the whole thing could have been a lot better. If if Use Your Illusion was just one album, it would have been a great album. Yeah. Yes. That's the first appearance of Shannon Hoon from Blind Melon. Mm, silence. Yes. That's a good way to end. <laughs> <laughs> silence. <laughs> That's how most of my podcast ends. I just yeah. edited it out. I just edited that part out. Oh man. All right, guys. Look, I unless you guys have another topic you want to throw out there regarding heavy metal or hair yeah, metal. I'm good. I think I think we've uh, covered a lot of ground here. I think we've done heavy metal a favor today. I think so. Yeah. I think we're gonna see a lot more hair metal revival bands coming up i think we should start a hair metal band I right that's what should happen that's the next logical step i uh i just wish i had hair well <laughs> mike's mike has no hair and his voice is too deep we just call the band hair metal <laughs> so all right mike tell me a little bit about what you're up to the the podcast and, and all that that you're doing let's, let's promote a little bit of, of get a little network love going here with pantheon yeah do uh a, a neil young podcast called long may you young and right now we're taking a break for thanksgiving but our next album is this notes for you which we're all we think i don't know if it's like we're all relieved to get last three albums which were standing on water and everybody's rocking um so yeah that's what we're doing we so we do interviews we also talk about neil's movies and uh and i also do another podcast called the breaking the ice podcast we do we mainly interview local local people what they're doing there's like this guy that was in um massachusetts and they weren't fixing the potholes so he was planting small christmas trees in the potholes that's amazing (laughs) Weird local weirdos and stuff like that. So I guess I'm doing it also hundred FM the Pike here in Worcester. Awesome, awesome. Well, Jason, what do you what do you guys in Vast Robot Armies have going on? Anything uh anything new? I'm trying not to write the COVID record, but I find myself writing the COVID record. <laughs> um so yeah, about halfway through, like what would be another record? kind of looking for a window when I could get into the studio and then wondering what that looks like. Cause I know that Joe and John will not be allowed in the country. So it's like, do I do it? Like we did it remote with Kelly in LA last time, yeah. which is one way, but it's one thing to have Kelly do the drum in LA and then have Joe and John do guitars and bass, depending on what we decide on in Kansas city. So Cause you're based in Canada and then yeah. the other two band members are in Kansas city. And then on the last album, you had Kelly Scott from failure on the drums. Yeah. And then Kelly's down with doing the drums again. He enjoyed the last one. So he's in and Jordan he's down to produce it again. And he's just three hours away. So that's not the problem. It's more like John and Joe and uh, actually nagged uh, fucking Jordan this week about getting Jason Faulkner to play guitar on a song. So we're going to try to reach out to him. I nice. don't think anything comes of that, but I would love that. Um, <laughs> so I'm just kind of like slowly writing stuff because I'm thinking, you know, maybe in the spring I'll be able to go out. Like everything's locking down in Ontario right now as we speak. And I don't really feel like driving to Pembroke in the winter anyways. And then, you know, part of the whole process is because we don't tour. It's like, it's about having all of us get together in a room and like cutting out that two weeks and just making something kind of thing. So 
you do that too remotely, it's like, well, what is this kind of thing, you know? Yeah. So I've been in the midst of like writing the COVID record that I don't want to be the COVID record. (laughs) All right, Ryan, you, you and uh, Pony have just released your album, Ryan and Pony. And it's, I love it. What are you guys up to since you can't tour to support it? Well, we are uh, releasing videos and lyric videos, every kind of video that you can make because that's all you can do. Showing up on so, showing up uh, on stupid podcasts about hair yeah. metal. And we have an extension, an extensive merchandise line. Somebody the other day <laughs> called us the the kiss of indie rock because we have like we have like mouse pads and action figures uh, like uh, just yeah action figures. We got all the. Anything you can imagine. Um, Liquid paper. (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah, Moshi Moshi, that album's out. You can get it anywhere and you can get on vinyl from Pravda Records, pravdamusic.com. And then uh, doing, uh, well, Soul Sam had two records come out this year, um, Hurry Up and Wait, and then an EP called Born Free. Hurry Up and and Wait, that is so apropos. We're doing some online shows and keeping busy rehearsing and making sure we remember how to play music and, <laughs> you know, and, and, and write and, and writing a bunch of songs too. So awesome. also trying not to make a COVID record, you know, <laughs> but <laughs> well, once I get my uh, folk parody band in high gear, I will write the COVID record. Yeah. I'm all, I'm you're, all in. You're going to call your code gear band COVID. As it is. It's going to be American horse pirates. COVID-19. Actually, I'm going to do COVID-1 through 19. That's what we're going to do. It's going to be a 19 album oh, yeah. set. <laughs> but you have to buy it all at once. So, and no discounts. So that, guys, this has been awesome. I yeah. love talking with this, this stuff. We got to have you guys on again. I really do uh, want everybody to check out the albums, check out Mike's stuff, check out Long May You Young podcast and uh, cool. Breaking the Ice. It's, it's awesome stuff, guys. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.